Division Eight community. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought without creating division in community. I am your co-host, Matt Fisher, and I am the care pastor here at Hill City, where we record this in every episode of the podcast. And I'm here with my co-host, lead co-lead past. I hate. What, what, I'm so bad at the at the like titles well, thing. I know. Uh, Bishop. The bishop, co-bishop, <laughs> co-bishop John Wagler, <laughs> Mr. John Wagler, Wags. What's going on, man? Well, I'm just happy I just took a sip of water and didn't choke on it like the last time. Yeah, I mean you're just drowning yourself. I know it's ridiculous. What's uh, what's your week been like, or what's the last couple of weeks been like for you since it's we been last g- talked? Busy. Uh, my allergies exploded yesterday. Mm. I had been really good all season long, yeah. and normally, um, usually like early May, mm-hmm. you know, late April, I start getting pretty bad, but. I've been managing with some natural stuff and, and like Allegra here and there. But yesterday I was like, what is going on? Like I just exploded yesterday. Eyes, yeah. you know, nasal stuff, everything. Yeah, it's funny. I um, My like little walks down by the pond have given me a bead on what is uh, what allergens are in the air recently. <laughs> so it's like the pond used to be yellow. Now it's white. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it's like it probably is the, the like dogwoods and stuff like that. Of course like the that. mask probably helped my allergies too. Honestly, you yeah. Know? Like yeah, so. absolutely. Cool. Well, um, today we are going to um, do sort of like one last episode before we get into a series of episodes mm-hmm. in which um, we talk about um, or, or sort of expand on uh, the sermon series from Hill City, which is called um, Won't He Do It? Won't He Do It? Yep. We're doing 16 weeks on the book of Mark, mm-hmm. probably 16-ish weeks on the book of Mark. And um, we won't be doing 16 episodes of the podcast on it, but what we are asking is that folks who engage in the content on a, any given any given Sunday um, football movie um, would shoot us questions or comments um, about the sermon as they're listening to it or after as they're thinking about it. And uh, as always, you can email those to stay curious at hillcityrva.com. And if you're not a part of our community, um, we would still love for you to either check out those messages and maybe send us questions or send us questions or comments on the content that we put on here because we're definitely not going to leave you in the dark. Like, Yeah, it'll be it'll just be like a mixture. We're just trying something different. Like, for instance, these first two weeks of the series, I cover the first 10 verses of Mark, or first 15 verses of Mark, but there's 30 more verses after that. And so we'll do an episode on kind of like those 30 verses. But one of the things that we'll have to touch on is like the demonic. Yeah. You know, so there'll be some interesting topics we'll discuss in the midst of kind of working through. Yeah. And it'll be thematic like that. Yeah, so it'll totally. Be, if, you don't, if you don't go to our church or you don't listen to the messages, you won't be yeah. uh, bereft of what's going on. Um, but today we're going to do um, one episode before we start that. And we kind of wanted to talk about, we both got sent the mm-hmm. same article yeah. um, from Loved Ones. Um, and it was about, uh, or it was an article interviewing the lead singer from the Christian, like industrial rock band Skillet. I love that you rolled your eyes. I, look, <laughs> we'll just put it out there. Skillet was my first concert. They played at a camp that I was attending, so I was forced to go to it. Um, and I'm not a fan of the band. It's not a personal. It's not a personal thing. I'm sure they're very good at what they do. Just not my thing. Um, there are some musics I don't like. Um, but yeah, he has a book coming out. He's been very vocal on Twitter recently and there was an article, I think it was on like the Fox news website maybe, um, where he's interviewed. And I think basically his thing is kind of like, 
stuff like critical race theory and wokeness are mm-hmm. dividing the church, and mm-hmm. he wants to sort of speak out against that. Yeah. So we're going to just kind of talk through that a little bit. It might be an unexpected conversation, um, and hopefully something interesting that we can just kind of, yeah, I don't know, share our thoughts on and our yeah. perspectives on. And yeah. But before that, we're going to do our uh, new segment for 2021 from The Feed. <laughs> Okay, the feed was typically bleak <laughs> these last couple of weeks. Uh, I actually deleted Twitter from my phone again yesterday because it just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. But there was one one ray of light for me, and it was like a personal thing, actually. it was. There's a friend of mine in New York that we're kind of internet buddies. Like, we've met once in real life, but we know each other just through, like, comic books and common, you know, interests. He was on an old podcast that I did. He, um, over the quarantine, lost, like, an unbelievable amount of weight. Like, if you saw him, you wouldn't recognize him from a year ago. Just working out in his house, like, going down mm. into his basement and doing, like, push-ups and pull-ups. He's actually the second comic book creator i know personally know that over the quarantine was literally like no kettlebells didn't go buy anything literally just started doing push-ups and like like rocky style yeah just like whatever was around lifting it up and like going out into a punching parking slabs lot. of meat yeah well this guy's vegan so he would not do that um but uh yeah he lost a bunch of weight and looks great and his he posted like hey my my old band shirt fits or like my old crass shirt or my old Rolling Stone shirt or whatever mm-hmm. like fits again and um I made a comment like I think it's funny that like regular bros that like lose a bunch of weight they're like I lost a bunch of weight check here's a picture of me and my dudes like out on the beach but like alternatives are like my band shirt fits again <laughs> and so he's been tagging me every day as he like tries on an, a new old shirt and like so, and takes a picture of himself in it and he's like Hey, my like again, my my crass shirt fits again, my anthrax shirt fits right. again, my whatever, and they're like this beautiful collection of old like punk and heavy metal shirts, and it's just been delightful. Oh, that's funny, um, and it's really cool too because he's a cool guy. But if it wasn't for weird internet comic book stuff, yeah. we wouldn't know each other. <laughs> yeah. So it's been nice. That's cool, and that's the only nice thing in my. Opinion. No, that's awesome. That I didn't have a lot of funny. Well, I had, there were a bunch of funny things. They're more video related. Then. Yeah, but um, nothing, nothing like describing a video I know, on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> listeners love that. <laughs> no, the the one thing we were just talking about for a few minutes before we hit record was just the thing that happened on the Southwest Airlines where a woman punched the flight attendant, and knocked her teeth out, and mm. just I don't know. We were just talking about how violent people are and how it's getting worse, and it was just funny. We talked for ten minutes about it until we realized minute nine and a half that weren't recording (laughs) but anyway yeah it's just like a bummer yeah honestly like i'm just i don't know there's just i get there's a lot of anger and all that stuff but just some of the language and rhetoric that's being used that my point is what's acceptable now is frightening and you know what i was even as we're talking i think so when we had our pre-recording conversation I was kind of like, man, I think it's kind of like it's always been. Mm -hmm. You're like, no, it's worse. And what I realized just now is that that word acceptable, I've always kind of existed in unacceptable spaces in which stuff like that was normal. But like, yeah, seeing a fist fight on a plane or like somewhere not at a, a, again, a punk rock show or like at a skate park or at a bar, it's not good. Yeah, it's like what... the the place that we're at because this is nor this is normative now yeah right like with you, sh- you see stuff on like flights all the time but it's just like normative stuff where people are like you don't like what I like or you're telling me what to do whatever 
the general just lack of respect for authority and people and and it's just we're in a bad place yeah and i mean even there was was the shooting in san jose i don't like we're at the point where we just lost track eight dead you know in another shooting and it's like not even we didn't I know. <laughs> didn't even cross the feed, you know. Yep. Um it's yeah, it's super sad. I I don't it's so weird that this is totally a personal comment, but how come when things were like pretty okay or like stable in this country, I was so agitated all the time. <laughs> and then like, now they're like worse than ever and now I'm learning to have like optimism. <laughs> it's a very weird like thing. Even when you talk about it, you know, stuff like this, I'm always like, huh, I don't know. It's is it that bad? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it is, but I don't know why I, now I've chosen to become There's like optimist. a dual kind of thing going on in my brain of like, I love things are being exposed. Yeah. I really do. Like I, I it, it's raw and yeah. all that stuff. And it's just, I also l- did like it when I was 14 and people had a general respect for one another. Right. I mean, that was, that was kind of nice. Yeah. That makes you sense. That, so I just... I don't your, know. Your age is showing because when I was 14, <laughs> I was 14 in a post-Columbine world. So it was people didn't people were terrified of each other, yeah. especially in like a middle or high school situation. So I'm glad that you got the last couple of years of general respect in the society. No Good for you. <laughs> um, cool. Well, we are going to go ahead and take a quick break and then come back and chat a little bit about um, the singer from Skillet and his opinions on um, – how the church is being divided by things like CRT and woke culture. Y'all know we stay curious over here. All right. So, um, yeah, let's just get into this. I think it was interesting that uh, we have been wanting to talk for a while about terminology. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that as much as there's things in this article and um, that we don't agree with, both of us probably are Correct. on the same page yeah, yeah, about yeah. that, yeah. Um, I think we do, we can find common ground with, um, the singer of the band Skillet, John Cooper, in that um, one of the things he brings up is that terminology is is a shift, seems to be a moving target for people, yeah. especially folks in like a boomer generation, even Gen X, I think, mm-hmm. um, tend to get agitated by that. Um, so I will say, I, I, sorry, I, I, I will say I think everyone's getting agitated by it now, though. Oh, for sure. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I feel like, because we're all over the place yeah. with it, but yeah, yeah, I would agree. Like, um, it feels, and it's a lot of Twitter fault. Like, if you're if you didn't know what Twitter was, you probably wouldn't feel quite as agitated because yeah. you wouldn't even know Correct. to be worried. <laughs> Correct. Um, for the most part, but um, yeah. So when you read through this article again, like I think we could just tear this thing apart <laughs> if we sure. really wanted to, but yeah. that's not, who cares? Like, yeah, you know, he's on one, we're on another, yeah. whatever, whatever. I think it's, it's more interesting to explore like what, what we got out of it as like some, you know, something that's like, okay, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, where have you seen that as like the pastor of a church, somebody who counsels people and kind of has an overall view of our community, mm-hmm. which is from a science standpoint, a nice sample size of people, right? Yeah, it's like, for sure. You know, 12 to 1500 people go to this church. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, if I was a whatever social scientist, I would say, this is a nice control group. Let's. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what have you seen around like terminology, uh, whether it's critical race theory, quote unquote, wokeness, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, sex positive language, gender positive language Mm -hmm. that you feel like has been confusing or even like agitating for um, for folks, especially maybe on the more traditional or conservative side. Yeah. So I so in that article, um, I actually wholeheartedly agree with him when he said terminology is being divisive Mm -hmm. that and and he used wokeness and CRT and stuff like that. But there and he's right like the the lack of understanding of what we're talking about a lot of times because it gets lumped in on certain like topics it's like when someone's like you know says well marxism does da 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 and i'm like well sure mm-hmm. like there's a, a level of problematic elements to marxism however there are some good thoughts in there mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and so i think he was right on and his in his article about kind of the heart of what he was talking about and that there are things that just get really confusing. Even when you just talk about like social justice, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are things that people are coming from different perspectives on, but everyone feels like if you don't agree wholeheartedly with this one mm-hmm. angle that all of a sudden you're, you got to be cast off. And that's what I'm seeing a lot. And honestly, over the past, you know, 18 months in our church, mm-hmm. We see this a lot. Um, folks that have left our church that have said something, you know, to me about, well, you talk about racism and social justice and and whatever. And they're like, you're so liberal. And I was like, and I'll say, like, name one thing I'm liberal on. Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean to you? And they can they never have any they, they don't have anything to say. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because they people are engaging these topics. A lot of times they they immediately put things into a conservative or liberal category. Mm. And so when I say CRT, if we say critical race theory, it's like, oh, you must be a liberal. I'm like, no, like if you look at what it is and how it intersects with, you know, humanity and everything else, it's it's not a liberal concept. It's just like a way to begin to see like how intersectionality has happened in different, you know, with race Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And what, what has been what has been produced out of it. And and it's like it's not a it's not like a liberal conservative thing. It's like essentially like a social science thing of like Mm -hmm. looking into like this is a problem Mm -hmm. are there things that might not be great about it yes but i think most of the time people haven't spent any time like reading about it or or like a lot of these terms or Mm -hmm. whatever they're just they might get like one angle on it or something like that and so what has ended up happening even within the church and christians it's we we pick a side and we just stick there. We're not even like actual critical thinkers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, again, this, though there was a lot of the article I disagreed with in particular, one party said about the and campaign, which made me want to <laughs> lose my mind. Just not just because I like the and campaign, the fact that he said they don't ever come up with any solutions. I'm like, you clearly didn't read their book or listen to their podcast. Cause that's literally all they do. Or but, go to any of their or go to, And anyway, that's why I was like, you, and no, yeah. you see, we said we wouldn't be negative about it. Yeah. The, but the reality was he is correct still. As I was reading, I'm like, you're right. Like the terminology piece is like really off and, and we don't have like a good understanding. And, the, and so in even in our church, like I felt that tension a lot with people. You know, it's it's oh, you must be so conservative on this. Well, mm-hmm. no, I'm like, 
I'm just trying to like, engage this like thoughtfully, mm. you know? And so anyway, I, we see that a lot. Yeah. What are some terms like, you know, a couple of episodes, well, quite a few episodes ago now we talked about a cab, right? Cause that was like a thing that was getting written. It's all yeah. cops are bastards. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about like, well, you know, mm, okay, <laughs> let's talk about this. Obviously yeah. we don't uh, believe all anybody is anything. Yeah. Um, besides made in the image of God, but, um, are there other, even if it's just like big terms like racist or racism, or are there other terms that you've noticed come up as you've maybe talked with folks? Because I think one thing is um, that for people on the more conservative side or the more, tra- we'll say more traditional side, um, they, I think often something I hear is feel feel accused of something. So mm, they're trying yeah. to, like Bruxy Cavey has talked about um the difference between like um, white guilt and and trying to prove white innocence, mm-hmm. and so like the one side, the the more like left side is trying to harp on white guilt, and then the more conservative side or, or traditional side is trying to prove white innocence. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things as you've talked to people in our community, or even just like online and stuff, some terms specifically that you feel like are contentious? Like one, like Matt understands this term in a totally different way than you know jim or karen or, or whoever you're talking yeah. to on the other side uh, i mean i'm one big one's white supremacy okay like i think when i've sat and talked with people and because they've heard me say that mm-hmm. you know and the they'll say like so you're saying because i'm white i'm racist because mm-hmm. i'm a white supremacist and i'm like no i'm not like i too am white yeah you know so i'm not making like everyone's white is right. a certain way I'm like, we have to look at what does supremacy mean and mm-hmm. what has the ability for white to be and white folks to be in power and make laws and everything. What has that caused mm-hmm. and this supremacy, you know, angle and everything. And so I, I even think terms like that, I think the defund the police, mm-hmm. you know, when that term was put out there or abolish the police, mm-hmm. you know, um, those, that was another term I got into conversations with people about. Now, I didn't use either one of those terms mm-hmm. myself, but, you know, it's just those those are things this critical race theory you know is another thing um wokeness is another thing um again social justice was like one that was always interesting to me and still is because you know someone will say something to me and this has happened you know you're just you're making the gospel about social justice now and it's interesting because i'm because i'm like because then i will say then what do you think the gospel is yeah (laughs) You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, how does this play out? Right. How is it not about social justice? Yeah. yeah. And so, so anyway, there. I think those terms can get, yeah. you know, even when someone, you know, hear someone say, um, "What's well, because you're whiteness?" Yeah. And people will be like, well, "I, I yeah. was born white. There's I don't know what to do, do with this." Right. You know. And so, and and honestly, sometimes they're correct. Like I, some when we say it can lean a, skew a little bit older with this because. Mm-hmm a lot of terminology is newer and, and everything else. And I understand that. And, um, but there are times that I've sat with folks in boomer age and stuff like that, that I'm like, I get it. Why either a don't see the nuance on, you know, in it or B you don't agree with it because the way it's been presented yeah. and there, I would agree with them, mm-hmm. you know, um, on why it gets slighted. Yeah. I think that especially in among younger folks, there is a sense of like, like anti-marketing you know how like millennials and younger are very into things that are just like not marketed like Mm -hmm. ikea like things that are just like here is one 
couch and this is it's very yeah. like yeah. honestly it's very socialist that's like how communist <laughs> countries are where like you go to the grocery store and there is one type of bread right um but they're very into that because they i think that our gen x parents and older brothers and sisters who were very rebelling against you know the sort of decadence of the 70s and 80s taught us like don't trust the corporations like don't trust the the sales pitch and so as a result we're very like against any sort of like pr sure definitely people my age and younger are just like no fluff no pr just give it to me i just want like a I don't care if the jeans cost $150. I want to know that they're handmade, that they're sustainable, and that they'll last me for 10 years, and I'll, yeah. I'll pay the money. And don't give me a pitch. don't you know? And some of it is an illusion because every human brain is susceptible to branding <laughs> yes. in some way. We Anti-branding sure. is branding, right? Yeah. The reason I bring all that up is because I think that that plays into our commu- generational communication because for f- older, older Gen Xers and boomers – they are used to they like are not only used to but sort of enjoy the like communication part of it the mm-hmm. like dress a thing up for me so that i can want it or so that i can understand it and i think for certainly millennials who are getting older and you know like fully the oldest millennial is 39 yeah exactly so <laughs> yeah. for that generation and, and beyond and backwards it's like I'm going to say defund the police. And if you don't understand that what I mean by that is take money from the police department and give it to the school, that's not my problem. I'm right. not going to doll it up for you. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I just think that's where the communication. For sure. Because who if if the if all the signs said refund the school or, you know, fund the schools, there'd be a lot of boomers on board for that. Yeah. But then when we sit down, and have a conversation and say, well, how are we going to do that? They would, you know, then at least we'd be having a conversation about like, well. I think we should demilitarize the police and take some of that money and give it to the school. Okay. Well, but at least now we're in a disagreement rather than like yeah, total misunderstanding. It's like ba- it's like the Tower of Babel right now. Yeah. Like we have been scattered and no, right. none of us understand. Yeah, and what I the think other one's saying. It, and it and it's across generations there are just problems yeah. like how we're the, how we are interacting with information, mm-hmm. right? And that's why it's like on us to like keep reading different perspectives and find voices that can help explain things in a better way. We just, we all can do this. We get kind of hooked on certain people mm-hmm. or certain things that we read and it gets a certain slant. Like in that article, and this guy with this from Skillet, like that was just like a certain slant. Mm-hmm. He, he was playing to a crowd of people that he knows is just going to buy what he's saying, yeah. you know? And, but he's like, if you really process what he wrote, he was wrong in like some major ways and pretty easily you can pick that apart. Yeah. But if we don't take the time to be like, all right, this is an interesting perspective. Like he's right. Terminology is out of control. And, all, and so I agree with this part. Let me see about this other part that might, he might be off on. If we don't take the time to do those things, that's why we keep getting, it's like you're doubling down mm-hmm. and on what you already believe. And then we become more kind of arrogant and prideful about what we think, mm-hmm. you know, rather than taking a step back and being like, hold on a second. I've got a lifelong like I have, I have a lifelong of examples mm-hmm. of times I've been wrong. Mm-hmm. And so let me, I, maybe I should pause here for a second and really start thinking through. I, I think honestly for those younger folks that listen, you got to respect older people more. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, it, it bothers me so much. Like yeah. I, like there are folks, you know, in their sixties, seventies, eighties, I attend our church and I'm like, they've been through some stuff. They've fought through some stuff they have. And I don't care that they're white. Like yeah. they're, they have, or black, whatever, like they're, 
they've been through things and seen things and know things and everything that you haven't even encountered yet at 24 years old or whatever. And I think the, it's like the, it, one thing that bothers me quite often is younger people are trying to throw away everything that the boomer generation has brought and there's still a lot of good from the boomer generation. That's what I, I get bothered by that stuff too. Yeah. I mean, the more I study about like more sort of like Eastern thought and like Orthodox, especially like Orthodox Catholicism, Eastern Orthodoxy and Buddhism and and like all sorts of different types of wisdom. One thing that the West is not great at and that the East is really good at is like honoring your elders Mm -hmm. regardless. Oh, no doubt. And receiving wisdom from them. But I also think that some of it um, is we don't take care. I mean, this is getting into a whole nother conversation, but just like we don't educate our kids well in this country, we don't take care of our elderly. No, we don't. We don't take care of our elderly. And so we don't put them in a position where they can sit on the chair and receive students, you know, like sit sit on the front porch and tell stories or or sit in their place of honor and have people come to them and and say, you know, tell me your experience. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's something, you know, especially growing up in that very like punk skater rebellious, like I didn't want to get old and I didn't want to listen to old people. (laughs) Like Jenny always brings up that when she met me, I was convinced I wasn't going to live past 30. Um, And, what I'm learning in this season of my life is like, regardless of whether we agree or not, if there's someone who has 80 years on this planet, um, there's something that I can learn from them. Absolutely. Because, um, at some point you get old enough to where you're facing down mortality. You're in the final chapters of your life. And that is a lesson that you cannot learn any other time. If that makes sense Mm -hmm. like that, you are almost, um, Richard Rohrer calls it enlightenment at gunpoint. When you, even if you spent your whole life being a head knowledge person or just being a selfish person, no matter what your whole life was like, when you get into those years where you're like, these are my last years, whether you're 60 and you can see it or you're 80 or you're 90, you attain a sort of wisdom by contemplating your own mortality that is worth sharing and worth receiving. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. That got a little heady, but like, um, that's something that I'm learning. And I think, it all kind of boils down my dad. So wisdom, right, from dad. My dad would always say, like, you can't fit 10 pounds of potatoes in a five-pound sack, right? You cannot fit more than 28 years of wisdom into a 28-year <laughs> period. Yeah. You can seem older. You can also, like, be very smart. Like, you can talk like you're – like, you know, you can be smarter than your average 28-year-old or, for me, 36-year-old. But you can only fit 36 years into 36 years. Yeah. Like, somebody who's 80 – definitely knows something you don't know does that make sense it does i think you know this hit for me probably when i ran in my 40s like i when i turned 40 Mm -hmm. i just i started feeling like um i just want to appreciate nuance more because there's i don't know of a single issue that's simple you know like i was listening to this podcast about malcolm x versus you know martin luther king and they were talking about, this is a Christian guy I was talking about. He was like, like really raving about Malcolm X's character mm-hmm. and like how good of a guy he was and how when the cops tried to like find something on him, they couldn't because he was just such a good dude. Yeah. Now we disagree theologically and sure. you know, whatever, but like they couldn't find anything like personally, but yet Martin Luther King, like, like slept with a bunch of women yeah. and I, some, I think drank a little too much and right. you know, had all these like kind of personal yeah. issues, whatever. Everything's like nuance, but 
they get pitted against each other. Yeah. They get like how we kind of, you know, receive them. And, and I just so often in these conversations, I'm like, y'all, we got to take a step back here because um, even what's happened recently with like Israel and Palestine, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I grew up in an, uh, a background where everything was just pro-Israel, hardcore, mm-hmm. like you just, whatever they want to do, you do. Mm-hmm. And um, it's complicated. It's, yeah. There's nuance to the conversation. There's, But you can't, if you sat there, maybe you're, someone's listening is like, I'm in the camp of pro-Palestine, mm-hmm. like screw Israel. I'm like, hold on a second. Like look around at the neighboring countries where there should be Jewish people. And there's like 11 of them yeah. total. And like, so why? Why is that? Right. Because they all got killed or pushed out, right? Like there's a reason Israel's yeah. doing what they're doing. Not only that, though, it's like if you're all pro-Palestine, it's like, all right, you can, I'm with you about the rights of people and freedom of people and everything else. But you can't just go pro Palestine with like, say Hamas and like what they do to people and when women and, and mm-hmm. LGBT folks, it's like horrific. And so I'm, I'm like, there's nuances to these things that we all have to like hit pause for a second and be like, all right, what do we really want? Like when we, when we talk racism in our country, like what do we really want? Well, we want it to be like good for all people and the same for all people. And respecting of all people and the rights for all people right and it's like that's what we all want now how we get there we're gonna have different angles and all that stuff but you just got to hit pause for a second be like we have to see the nuances in these conversations and we just don't do that very well yeah i mean jesus's prayer for us literally was that we would be one yeah unity is i think super important and something that's gotten lost you know the 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 search for unity has gotten lost across the board, certainly in the church, because we have like 9,000 denominations. But um, also, like, I mean, I can remember growing up and a lot of the punk songs that I heard were about unity. It was yeah. about people sticking together and not having. And back then, it's funny. It was. It, it's interesting to me that there's all this talk now about like white supremacy and Nazism and stuff because it's very prevalent. But like that stuff has been... Um, present in my life as somebody who's part of like countercultures when I was in seventh grade that this kid named Richard was in my class and he was flat out he would say I'm a white supremacist I believe that white people are you know superior and deserve you know whatever we have right and so like the the unity talk in that culture was always like we have to unify against this element of like Nazi, like literal people who will look you dead in the face and not be like, I'm a proud boy or, well, I just yeah. would be, yeah, I'm a white supremacist. And we've lost that. We've lost that all the way across the board, um, at least from my perspective, culturally, in the church, in music, in culture. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't know who can say that that's a good thing. Now, at the same time, you know, we can't gloss over that there are times again, using the Bible as an example, where prophets were just like, look, this is what it is. No <laughs> doubt. You know, like, I don't, yeah. I'm don't. i not, you know, kind of, I don't care how you feel about it. I'm not going to sell it to you. I'm not yeah. going to market it for you. Like, this is what it is. Jesus was like, look, this is a hard saying, but here's what it is. And I don't yeah. care if you guys get it or yeah, not. Yeah, don't kid yourself. Like, Jesus has said some super harsh things. Right. Like, so it's not, this isn't like kind of skirting around issues or yeah. anything. But, you know, even in the 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 skillet article mm-hmm. what's called that the um he talks about like the lack of unity you know and, and he's again he's right there are things that he's right about in the article i just i don't know i'm 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 becoming more tired around these conversations where people are just like so opinionated to a level that you won't take in mm-hmm. what other people are saying you know you won't just sit there and listen for a second and be like 
man, like we actually do want the same thing, especially as like Christians. Like we, we want the same thing. Wow. I've gotten too political on this side or I've gotten too political on that side. You know, like there's, I was in a conversation with someone, mm, I guess it'd be a year ago at this point or so. And they were having some problems. And they're like, you're, you're, um, are you moving towards liberation theology? And if you don't know yeah. what that is, that's, that's basically, it was, it was formed, I think in the sixties or seventies in Latin America because poor people are being so oppressed and, and everything. And so it was, ties into like the Exodus story and, and everything else. And of course, Jesus teachings on, um, we'll be judged by how we treat the poor, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, and I'm like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Like you're getting away from the gospel. No, no, no. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean by liberation? And they didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. How many James Cone's books have you read? <laughs> I know. So I'm like, the, there's just a level of some of this stuff. I'm like, hey, like I'm not saying some of the stuff Cone wrote or something, it, it isn't wrong. I, I'm just saying that like there's also a lot of good and a lot of right. Yeah. You know, and and so I don't know. I just. We just have to be better about nuance in these conversations, whatever, you know, these, these tougher topics. And, um, yep, you're right. There are times we have to be like, that's racist. Yeah. And you got to leave it there and some people are going to get pissed. But, like, those are our times for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I always want to acknowledge that it's easy for us to sit here and say this is what we should do. <laughs> and it's hard to actually do it, right? Absolutely. Um, but, I mean, a little thing that you can do is literally just – ask yourself do I have a posture in which I open with I could be wrong mm-hmm. like that's the thing I started to do it was a practice I started doing a couple of years ago where especially the stronger I felt about something the more I made sure that I opened my statement with look I could be wrong um, but also that you know I want to kind of acknowledge that there is real generational strife right now in our country that probably didn't always exist sure. in other generations. I think that this is my opinion, but like, I think that after world war two, you know, baby boomer, literally baby boomer means you were d- born during the baby boom post world war two. Um, I think that there was sort of a DF we even call them the greatest generation, the, the generation before. before. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was sort of a deification of that generation and they did a lot of, I mean, two wars and and got through the depression a lot of good there so it's like but it's also weird because they survived those things but it's a generation they also did those things (laughs) correct (laughs) no i'm with you it's a weird we sort of deify that generation i think boomers grew up thinking like well i will be def i will be regarded in the way that we regarded my parents Mm -hmm. as heroes and they weren't their kids were rebellious like gen xers and millennials are rebellious um so there's bitterness there um and at the same time like I'm an older millennial, but, you know, there's an argument to be made that I grew up in a time where, like, 2008 was ha- – like, I became an adult during that time. Yeah. Like, 2008 was happening. We entered a war when I was in high school that we're still not out of. Um, there's, you know, there's a, there's a general sense of agitation that, like, we were handed sort of a, like, crummy world to fix. Yeah. Um, because of whatever, the Industrial Revolution and consumerism, blah, 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 blah. So there's real anger there. And it's like big. It's not just you being angry at your dad or your uncle or whatever. It's like a big groups of people having low level agitation at another giant group of people. Yeah. Um, But that's something that we have to start acknowledging and also speaking into of like, 
look, I feel a little bit of anger at, at this 80-year-old guy that goes to my church because I feel like he handed my generation a burnout planet, right? And we probably don't agree on CRT, but he's got to have some wisdom. There, there's got to be some wisdom that I can glean from this per- yeah. this man or this woman who's, you know, lived longer than totally. I have. Um, and at the same time, if you're an older older person, like – the way, you got to start thinking about the big questions like where am i going after this planet <laughs> well and yeah well and you know i think if you're on the older side of things too it's like appreciating younger when a, when you think about what a 25 year old is exposed to now compared to someone who's 65 right now when they were 25 what they were exposed to mm-hmm. I, I mean it's yeah it's night and day right and so i i think yeah there was a level like even when I was a kid, like you didn't necessarily question older people, mm-hmm. like that wasn't a thing. And um, but now when you've got twenty-two-year-old millionaires who started an app and didn't run a business and do, you know, like there's like a just it's different. Yeah. It's different. And and I think younger people, you've got to respect older people, but older people, you've got to respect younger people too and what they're bringing because they're not idiots, mm-hmm. you know. And so I don't know. We just got to be better about all that stuff. Yeah. Any other terms you want to try to cover before? <laughs> no. Before we uh, no, we've don't. already we've already gone a little long. Um, yeah, I think the only other one that I ever hear is um, like I, I'm sure to an older person who hears that somebody is like interested in anarchism or anarchist like theory, they're probably like, "What? <laughs> that sounds terrible." Uh, but I always explain it to people that like there's a difference between anarchism and anarchy. Like anarchy is. Um, pulling up a stop sign just to see what happens. And anarchism is installing a stop sign without asking for permission from the local municipality. (laughs) (laughs) They're two very different things. Um, Cool. Well, thanks everyone for joining us uh, in on this conversation. And uh, like we said at the top, uh, tune in next time for the beginning of our series um, that's kind of linked to our sermon series and make sure to send questions, comments, quips, quotes, or concerns about this episode or future episodes and messages to staycurious at hillcityrva.com. Again, that's staycurious at hillcityrva.com. Rate and review us if you get a chance. And as always, remember to stay curious. curious.